0: Alright, so, here I am, once again, uh, lost in the sauce. I guess technically this would be episode 3, more so episode 2. The first episode was just kind of a little short, um, uh, quick intro. So, um, I am not too far off. A couple of days ago I met with um, Harrison, who's a uh, basically the the other side of this podcast, the voice you don't hear, um, he's the, the guy behind the scenes and we kind of hatched a plan or we didn't kind of hatch plan. We hatched a plan for, uh, the content that we're going to be bringing to you guys in the future and kind of how we're going to lay it all out and yada, yada, yada. And, um, independent of him the day before, what kind of the Genesis of the meeting was an idea that I had, there's still going to be. Um, one big aspect of this podcast is always going to be interviews. It's always going to be cool kind of cooking stuff, um, and interviews with people that are kind of in the same boat as me, whether that be recovery or whether that be chefs or whether that be people that are just trying to get better and have have found some, some cool little tricks to get through their everyday life. So that's always going to be a thing. That's definitely part of this mission. That's definitely important to me, but I also, um, just to keep the thing fluid, and to keep the content coming, um, there will be a video arm of this. I'm not going to say a word about that stuff till we start doing it. Um, I think you guys are really going to like it. But um, what I'm doing, what I'm about to do right now, and what the um, the third kind of aspect of this is going to be, <laughs> is for lack of a better term, I'm going to do like little TED Talks about, and don't get me wrong, they're not going to be based in any real information they're not going to be based on science, they're not going to be based on like hours of research and like years of data accumulation. It's legit just going to be me running my mouth talking about the opinions that I've formed right or wrong um about certain subjects. Um and you guys hopefully in the future if you, if you want to, you know, make this like an audience, if the audience, you as the audience chooses to participate, you can totally give me ideas. If it's something I think I can BS on for 15, 20, 25 minutes, um, I'll, I'll be more than willing to give it a go. So anyway, we're going to do a little TED Talks. Uh, buckle up, get a pen and a piece of paper. There's some real <laughs> valuable information that's about to come through your earbuds or your uh, speakers or uh, I don't know, whatever you're using to listen, the little speaker on the bottom of your phone. Um, so here we are. My first TED Talk. Um, I'm going to kind of give y'all my opinion, my take, my views on the state of food and the culinary industry and chefs and and all the food network, all that stuff. Um, (laughs) Anybody that's known me, um, any female that's been unfortunate enough to be stuck on a date with me. Um, any, any young cook that's ever asked me or or just anybody who's ever broached this subject with me always ends up. There's two things that if you ask me, you know what, shit, I'll do a TED talk about this too. There's two things that if you ask me about them, you have completely bitten off more than you can chew and you're about to get the longest, most maniacal, weird, why, how did I get here? Who is this dude? Why am I talking to him? Answer you've ever heard in your life. One is, is food and two is hip hop. I'm, I'm a, I'm a 41 year old white dude with very strong opinions about hip hop, but we'll save that for another time. Um, so food, the culinary industry. Um, I'm 41 years old. I've been working in restaurants for 22 years. Um, off and on, I've had some other rando jobs, but, um, the bulk of my, uh, job experience has been in the restaurant industry in some way, shape or form. Um, and it's kind of a trip to me, the, the state of the industry now and the state of the culture and and kind of where we stand, you know, um, I think a big aspect of it, I think a lot of it, a lot of the, um, pretentiousness that exists, in my industry, in my chosen profession, I think at the end of the day, as best I can put my finger on it, I think the genesis of a lot of it has been this like boom in the last, I don't know, 10 or 15 years of, um, the food network, you know, like back, you know, as best I can, as best I can surmise, which, you know, me having a lack of knowledge has never kept me from running my mouth. Uh, that's one of my, maybe my most, uh, uh, consistent characteristics, but like as best I can surmise, like back in the day, you know, like before, before you could, you know, get some juice from being a chef before you could like, you know, people would like stick a microphone or stick a camera in front of somebody being a chef. You just did it because it was what you wanted to do, or it was, you know, you it was what was passed down, like your dad was a chef or, you know, you went to work for like the family bakery or the family restaurant or like, you know, whatever. And like at the end of the day, um, for lack of a better way to say it, like connection and love and like family and community and all those things were kind of the driving force were the driving spirit behind food, you know, I mean, Hell, I'll, I'll walk it forward or walk it backwards, however you want to say it, even further. Like, food exists, in my mind, food exists on this planet as, like, an act of love, you know? Like, as an act of giving, as an act of of service, you know? Like, your your mom didn't cook for you when you were a kid because she was pretentious and she wanted to, like, change your palate or, like, change the way you thought about food she cooked for you because she loved you for, you know, more days than not. She loved you and she didn't want you to die. So she's like, you know, I've got to, I've got to make this little rug rat a sandwich. I've got to, to, you know, make him something nourishing so, or her, um, something nourishing. So, so they will live or you cooked for your family or you cooked for your loved ones. You cooked for your significant other, or you cooked for the people in your community. You know, it was this act. It was a selfless act, Right. And so what we've done, or I feel like the light that it's been cast in, in this day and age with, you know, lights, camera, action, you know, all of a sudden chefs have opinions. Like we have opinions on, um, you know, politics and we have opinions on, you know, civil matters and like, it's okay to have opinions. I'm not saying that, but like before, before the cameras came on cooking was just a thing that was completely about you doing something for another person because you wanted to, or because it needed to be done or, or just because whatever your reasons were. And it seems like, you know, in the last handful of years, like the scale, everything is kind of tilted to where like, it's become an act of ego instead of an act of love. Right. And it's like, now I'm going to cook. So you'll know that I'm, that I think I'm better than you or I'm going to cook because like, you know, um, this is my art or this is my passion and that's okay. Don't get tell, don't take what I'm saying wrong, but like, it's like, we're cooking at people instead of cooking for people. If that makes sense, like I'm going to craft this dish because you know, this is the one this is going to let everybody know like who I am and what I'm about. And you know, like I don't know. I guess that's okay. Because like, I mean, I'm a guy that does that too. And I have an ego. You know what I mean? I clearly, we're literally sitting here in this moment right now. I've found a vehicle to where people have to listen to me talk. So clearly their ego is involved in some way, way, shape or form in, in my life as well. But like, I really, you know, I really made a conscious effort a handful of years back. And, and if you listen to the last episode, um, I think you kind of, kind of can see how my career path unfolded. Um, I made a conscious decision that like, I wasn't, I was going to try to always cook from that place of love, or I was going to try to always remind myself on those shitty days or on those long days or on, you know, whatever the days that you just don't want to do it, that like, this is something that I love. And, and this is something that if I use it as an act of me giving, I understand that people are paying for the food, but if I view it as an act of me sharing something of myself with somebody or me giving something of myself to somebody, like to me, it almost like, <clears throat> then it can land in a purer place. And then I feel like, you know, if I'm cooking a dish to, to show you who I am, it's not to show you who I am from an arrogant aspect it's to show you who I am as like somebody who wants to connect and somebody who wants to be like a part of the community around them, you know, and another aspect of it for me that I don't talk about a lot. I've talked about it with a couple of people, but I think another reason that, that for me it had to be something different than ego or it had to be something different than pretentiousness is like, I don't say this lightly. And I don't mean this as like hyperbole or like trying to be dramatic, like cooking saved my life. And I don't know if I can ever truly communicate that. I don't know if I'll ever be able to wrap my head around the words to say, to let somebody know um, where I'm truly coming from with that. But like, there were so many days, you know, when, when I first got clean or when I was really you know, cause, cause a funny thing about like <clears throat> you remove anything that's a major vice from your life or, you know, a, just a major part of your life, whether it's negative or positive is you feel really stripped down and you feel really lost a lot of days. And you feel like, um, you're just kind of drifting, you know what I mean? And, and not even drifting in a good way. Sometimes you're drifting towards stuff, but like a lot of days you're like drifting away from stuff and you don't really You don't really know. It's almost like gravity doesn't apply to you anymore. And you're drifting away from all these things that, that have been important and that have been good for you. And like cooking was such a grounding force in my life for so long. Like shit, there were so many days where, um, you know, uh, there were so many days where I didn't know if I would make it through the day without getting high. I didn't know if I was going to be able to, you know, whatever, this is a little bit off subject, but there were so many days where I was so grateful to be able to walk into a kitchen and literally turn off all that sickness in my mind and all that self doubt in my head and all that confusion, all that, like, I don't know what's going to happen. And literally just let a little ticket printer tell me everything that I had to do or a prep list do all the thinking for me. Like, all I have to do is finish this task and then do the next task. And after the next task, there'll be something else to do. And if I continue to string one task into the next task, into the next check, into the next order, into the next ticket, I'm going to look up and I will have made it through 12 hours of my day or I will have made it through this week or I will have made it through this month. So that's what, for me personally, that's why cooking and like my food and where I write my menus from and things like that. That's why I choose to, and I always try to remain aware of, I need to connect it back to a place of love. I need to connect it back to a place of giving. I need to remove the pretense and I just need to insert my true honest self and what I see as food to share with the people around me. So that being said... I feel like as you go out into the culinary atmosphere these days, I feel like as you go out into the world, there's so many concepts, there's so many cooking shows, there's so many books, there's so many, I mean, shit, podcasts. There's so much stuff that, you know, has to do with food that ego and pretentiousness just continues to get injected and injected and injected. And like, as I, and, and I guess what I'm about to say at the end of the day, I'm, I'm literally sitting here talking against ego. And I guess what I'm going to say is going to sound arrogant on some levels, but like I find myself going into restaurants or reading menus or like watching a show or like looking at some book that somebody put out and I always wonder, like, is this the food that you grew up on? Is this the food that, you know, you as a chef, I mean, the the proverbial you or whatever. Um, is this what you're here to put out? Is this what you're truly passionate about? Or is this an attempt to prove to someone what you know or to prove to someone like where you've been or like, you know, like, man, I see menus sometimes now, and it's like, did you just go on the internet and literally Google all the most obscure, trendy ingredients that you could find and, like, smash them together into this dish? Like, did you ever even think about what, I like, how that mushroom would taste with that sauce or, like, and maybe they did. I don't know. You know, these are all just, like, these kind of... Um, shit. What's the word? Just kind of these questions that I always ask to myself, but I feel like the tone of the industry has pushed itself in a direction that has pushed itself so far in that direction that like, these are valid questions. Like, you know, and, and you walk around now, or you go, you know, you walk into that hot new restaurant now, and it's like this concept that's just been jacked, like straight up jacked from somewhere, you know? And I mean, that's fine. Like, you know, clearly I didn't invent food. I didn't invent, I mean, some of the, probably the, the most notoriable or the, the things that I've gotten the most notoriety for in my career are things that have been done over and over and over and over and over again. Like, you know, freaking hamburgers and like sandwiches and like, you know, fish dishes and, and, you know, like, I mean, come on, man. But like. You, you walk into a place and it's this concept that like, it's like, okay, who took a trip to Austin, Texas recently, or like who took, who went out to California and went into one of these places and literally you just tried to pick it up, recreate it and drop it in an atmosphere and environment. That's like completely different, a town that's got a completely different, you know, ethnic makeup or, you know, um you know, whatever kind of makeup you want to, whatever, whatever kind of, um, you know, civic makeup you want to, the word you want to use. And it's like, this just doesn't fit. And then you walk in and you're looking around and like me, maybe I'm just a weirdo or maybe I've just done too much drugs in my life or like whatever. But it's like, you walk into a place and it doesn't feel like there's any kind of soul inside that place. You know what I mean? Like, It's, it feels cold. It feels clinical. It feels like whatever. And like, those are the places that I wonder about. Like, it's almost like I want to go back in the kitchen or I want to go around. I want to figure out, find the people that own it and be like, okay, here's your restaurant. Here's your menu. I would like the person that has a passionate attachment to whatever this concept is, besides just money, to raise their hand. And I want to talk to you about why you chose to open this place. Cause I have really have a feeling. I really have a sneaking suspicion that at the end of the day, you would get somebody that's like, well, I'm the person that opened this and I went into one of these somewhere else, or I went into a place like this somewhere else and the place was packed and they were making a ton of money. And I just thought maybe I could pull it off here. And like, I guess there's nothing wrong with that. But like, for me, it's like, well, like, why would you want to do that? Or why would you think that you could re- recreate that? Because I guarantee you whatever place you went to where they, you know, they had the burrito bar that was booming or they had the outdoor venue that sold, you know, yakitori over here, this side or the other, I guarantee you that place that felt so authentic That felt so dope that you walked in and you were like, holy shit, like this is the place, man. Like, why is this so cool? How is this so cool? I guarantee you that place felt like that because whoever opened it, whoever was running it, whoever was there, that's like, that's all they had envisioned doing their whole life. You know what I mean? They like sat back, they were like, whenever, when they were a little. You know, dirtbag like me for the last 10 years, they were like, man, I'm going to do this. I'm going to open this spot. It's going to have like umbrellas everywhere. There's going to be lights hanging from the trees. And I'm going to make tacos. I'm going to make these three tacos. And there's going to be like shuffleboard. Like they saw it. They had it. It came from within them. And that's why it felt the way that it did. You can't pick that up and drop that somewhere else. That's just not how the world works, man. That's not how food works. And I really feel like, you know, you guys... And, and the one thing that's also changed everything is the public, the people that are coming to eat, they've been exposed to these places now, or they've been exposed to that vibe on the food network. And like, they're going to know, man, they're going to come for you. They're going to feel it. They're going to walk into your place and they're going to be like, man, this shit doesn't feel right. And so it's almost like at the same time that us on the back, you know, those of us behind the curtain, are, are maybe trying to bullshit, maybe trying to jack ideas, maybe trying to do whatever. Those of y'all that are, that are the customer that are on the other side of the curtain, like y'all know a little better and y'all, y'all maybe know a little more than y'all used to. So it's getting harder and harder to pull off. You know, um, one thing that I do and one thing that I've kind of gotten into the habit of doing over the years, and, um, it was actually done to me when I was a cook coming up for different chefs is, Like if I'm interviewing a culinary student, right? Or I'm interviewing somebody that's like, oh man, I'm passionate about cooking. Like, this is really what I want to do. Um, I just love it. You know, I've I've always been like, I remember always cooking for my family or whatever. So I always have this moment where I ask them, it's like, okay, well, like, what's your best dish? Or if you could cook me anything right now, like what would you cook? Because I want to see where their answer comes from. Because the answer will come from two places. One of them's bullshit, one of them's real. The, if their answer's like, they're immediately naming things that they think, that I think would be cool. And newsflash, just because I'm wearing a chef coat and just because I'm sitting in a restaurant with tablecloths everywhere, don't start talking to me about hollandaise sauce because I'm done listening. The minute you say it, it's OV, buddy. I'm not listening anymore. Don't talk to me about beurre blanc, man. I put beurre blanc on dishes. I use beurre blanc. I could care less about it, man. And so, if you are gonna try to craft a dish that you think is gonna impress me, you are off base because a) you don't know what's gonna impress me, and b) you are not gonna have any kind of passionate attachment. You don't care about that. I am looking for the kid that's like, dude, honestly, like I've been making these sandwiches at home lately, and they're just like they're stupid, dude. They're great. They're so good, and it's like peanut butter and jelly and free. I like use crunchy peanut butter, man, and I use strawberry jelly, and I put you know. Um, cool ranch Doritos on it. Like, man, I get it. Like that's not very revolutionary color. You know, that's not very culinary culinary wise. That's not very revolutionary. Sorry. I've been at work all day and I think my brain's a little tired, but I'm trying to do this anyway. Um, but man, I guarantee you, I could look into that person's eyes when they were talking about it, or you could, or anybody could, it's not like the special skill that I have and you can watch that passion light up inside of another person and that's real, man. That's food. That's the connection. That's that cosmic connection, man. That culinary connection. That's the shit that tastes good. I don't care what you say, man. I don't care. You can literally take like a thousand dollars worth of the best ingredients and put them in someone's hand. And if they don't care, if they're not connected if they don't love on some aspect those ingredients or what they're doing or why they're doing it, it's just going to fall flat. It's not going to taste good. It's not going to, it's going to be hollow because there's not going to be soul. And the flip side of that is you can take 10 bucks worth of stuff from the corner store and put it in the hands of a mother or put it in the hands of somebody that's doing it as an act of love for someone else. And I'll be damned if that shit's not going to taste like something that you're going to remember, you know what I mean? And, um, you know, people ask me all the time, like, Oh, what's your favorite restaurant? Hey, I'll never answer that question because you're only answering, you're only asking me that question for, for one reason. You want to, you want to talk about it. You want to see what my answer is and you want to go tell somebody or whatever. Um, you know, I, I, I like any restaurant, man. Like honestly, if, if people ask me what my favorite restaurant is, I'll tell them summer Avenue, dude, you know, figure it out because, Let me tell you something, man. I like any restaurant where I walk into that place and I just have a feeling that somebody there gives a crap about what they're doing. You know what I mean? Like, people all the time are like, oh, man, I'd be super intimidated to cook for you. Bullshit, man. Make me something you think's cool. And just because I love and respect you as a human being, I promise you it'll taste good. And I promise you I'll think it's cool. You know, Um, to me at the end of the day, like, that's just what it is, you know? And, and it's not to say like, you know, I, I have a lot of love and I have a lot of appreciation for the food network. And, you know, and, and when I'm, when I'm talking about, you know, when you hear me talking about being a kid, man, it's, it, you're talking about someone that as a kid, like used to watch, you know, um, all those random, like public access cooking shows, man. Cause I was just like captivated by it. But at the same time, like, even those, even those back then, or even when you look at them now, like they just felt like more authentic. You know what I mean? Like this guy is literally cooking the food that he grew up on or cooking the food of the country that he came from or cooking the food of his ethnicity or nationality. And he's sharing it with us and he's sharing it with us on a level of this is something that I care about. And I would like for you to get to know it. And, and to me, like as an industry, and and as a you know um, as a movement, I think, I think I, I think I want to believe, and I think I actually do see it that we're kind of getting back to that, you know. And one of the things that that if you talk about the state of the cul- culinary industry like nowadays, one of the things that I'm happy about, uh, the most happy about recently, and I was talking to a a table wanted to talk to me tonight about their meal, and I went over and I talked to them and like was talking about those walls that are coming down that like, you know, this, we live in a, as many things as I feel like the food network has kind of made off kilter. I think, it, you know, if at the end of the day, I pro, if I made that like pros and cons list of all of it, like I really feel like as many things as it's made weird, it's made some stuff better too. So maybe I shouldn't just like rant so hard against the food network, but like the walls are coming down. Like we live in this day and age where You know, you can roll up, you can roll up in shorts and a t-shirt and you can get like a, a $80 meal. You know what I mean? Like you can, you can get all those things, man. Um, you can get that high end, that hot cuisine, that whatever you want to call it. But at the same time, man, you can go into a place that's like completely dope. It's like, you know, it's, it's decked out to the nines, you know, it's, it's hot, it's chic, it's cool, it's new, it's whatever. And you can get like a fucking grilled cheese sandwich, you know what I mean? Or like, and that's what I love. You can get a taco, dude. You can be like, man, that dude's back there making like a foie gras quesadilla. Like, what's that all about? Which, don't get me started on foie. I think it's the most overplayed food in the world. But you see what I'm saying at the end of the day, man. Like, all these barriers have come down. It's all like, ideally, oh, they're coming down it's all this big melting pot, man. It's all this like free for all. It's all this like, there's no more fine dining. There's no, well, like I said, this is like, I'm, I'm speaking again to like the vision, the standard, like where I think it's going and what I hope it's going to wind up as there's no more like classes of cuisine. There's no more, whatever, man. There's no more boundaries. There's, there's no more like rules or like, Oh, you can't do this here or you can't do that there it's just food, man. It's just a bunch of people that are in a space that they want to be in, whether it's because of the decor or the drinks or whatever. And they're just having food that that's cool. You know what I mean? And, and to me, that's like that connectivity. That's that community. That's that whatever, um, that I think is so important. And I think we got off the path and I think we wandered away from it. And I think as, as a people, I think the world's kind of, um, looking itself in the mirror and doing a lot of changing anyway. And I think as an industry, I think as chefs, I think as owners, I think as, um, restaurant tours, you know, as whatever, bartenders, everybody, I think we've kind of like, we've taken it to the ends of, of the debaggedness, You know what I mean? And like, Oh my God, look what I can do to that. Like, Hey man, like, look what we can do. Or, what do you want to do? You know what I mean? That, that inclusive instead of that exclusive type thing. And I think that's really cool. And I think that's the, um, that's kind of what I signed up for. You know what I mean? And and it's it's like anything, I think for the industry, it's been a path. And I think for me personally, it's been a path, but man, at the end of the day, like right now in my life in my career and, and in my vision for, for my future and for my food, Um, man, I just want to put some stuff out there and connect, you know, like, like I love that. It's there's this funny moment, man. And I used to see it. I used to see it as a line cook and I used to like, and shit, man, I've done it as a chef and it's like, it's a helpless feeling. And it's like, before I get too much into how it feels, here's what I'm talking about. There's this moment, like as a chef or as a whatever, where you're trying to explain to someone why something tastes good. Bullshit. It doesn't taste good. If you're having to explain to a table, to a guest, to a customer, to a waiter, to a whoever, to a cook, to a dishwasher, anybody, why something tastes good, it doesn't taste good. I'm not going to tell you that it tastes bad. But if you have to explain why flavors work together, they don't work together, man. Like, think about the times in your life. Remember that time when you were a kid, your mom handed you a chocolate chip cookie? Was there very much explanation involved in that interaction? Fuck no, man. You ate the cookie. It was good. You spent the rest of your life trying to obtain and consume... more chocolate chip cookies. It's just what it is, man. And there was this moment, there's been a moment in my career and there was a big moment I felt like in the industry where people were trying to dictate what was good and why this was good and why this was cool and why this was whatever. And it's just like, no man save it save your words save your time turn around check all that bullshit at the door quit being pretentious and cook some stuff man cook some stuff that you care about cook some stuff that you grew up on cook that stuff that all y'all ate for lunch because like why are you eating like it's so funny like i can remember working in so many restaurants where we ate different stuff than what we served And now, granted, some of it is because the ingredients were expensive or whatever, but it's like, dude, at some point, and honestly, this was like kind of a weird pivotal moment in my career. It's like, dude, if this is good enough for like everybody that worked their ass off in this kitchen today to stand around and be like, man, make that sandwich again. Like make that sandwich that you made the other night. And it's like, you know, these weird sandwiches with all these scraps that are left over, like the mise en place that you don't use, that you can't really use the next day. And it's like, dude, if that's good enough for us, if that's delicious then fuck it, it's delicious, it is what it is, put it out there, sell it, you know, like, or give it away, like, whatever, and, like, to me, that's what it's about, you know what I mean, like, it's not about me coming from this place where I'm up here, and someone else is down there, and, like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna teach you what good food is, like, nah, man, like, everybody knows what good food is, that's why food's, like, the great equalizer, you know what I mean, like, it either tastes good or it doesn't. You don't have to have a degree. You don't even have to be literate. Like you can literally be mute, illiterate, blind, deaf, and know that something tastes good. You could not interact with anybody on any level on any any other sensory level. But if somebody gives you something and it's delicious, you're gonna smile because it is what it is. And I feel like we've lost that. Or I feel like along the way that kind of got lost, ego got inserted and passion, love and connection got, you know, taken out of the equation and I think it's all swinging back. I hope it's all swinging back. So, um, I'm going to try to keep these Ted talks like a little bit shorter. Um, uh, you know, honestly, I don't know. I mean, you guys are the ones that have to listen. I feel like listening to me for, for 45 minutes or an hour can be a little bit long. I don't know. Um, but, um, yeah, so this is my first TED Talk. I don't know. I doubt I taught anybody anything, um, but I put a little more content out there. And at the end of the day, man, you know, I guess I guess this is my message. If there's one take-home fact, if there's one thing that I want you to take with you, you know, the next time you're driving around and the next time you're trying to figure out where to eat... Um, you know, think, think, um, think outside the box, (laughs) think outside the bun. Wasn't that Taco Bell's, uh, slogan, but like, no, think differently about it. And, and maybe, you know, make that list of all the hot places that everybody always goes and push that aside. And like, okay, that's the list of places that we're not going tonight. I'm not going to knock any of those places. They're all great, man. But like, Maybe find that hole in the wall, you know, maybe hit Summer Avenue, maybe hit Winchester, maybe hit wherever, man, and find that place where it's like, you know what, I'm pretty sure I'm about to walk in here and walk into somebody's family business and, and walk into their actual livelihood and their actual love and their actual passion. And, um, I promise you, you'll be able to taste that shit. And, um, at the end of the day, it may not be your favorite thing. It may not be something that you want to go back and get but it's honest, it's it's respectable, it's real, and, and it's somebody's version of their true self or their humanity, and they're sharing it with you and just kind of relish that moment and take it in. And you're also supporting a local business or supporting a family or whatever, so that's cool. So I don't know, <clears throat> that was my little rant. That's my little, I, honestly, I cut it short, man. I've actually... I've made people listen to a lot more bullshit about the, the culinary industry than that. So I took it easy on you guys. Cause I care about you guys. Cause at the end of the day, I love you guys and I want to connect with all you guys. But, um, no, nah, I think that's what it is. I think that's what it feels like for me. And that's my best take on it. So, um, I don't know. Think about it. You know, the next time you're reading a menu, maybe have that little glimpse where you're like man I wonder I wonder where the genesis of this was I wonder what place if this is put coming from the place of good or this is coming from the place of evil so um I'm going to leave you with that for today um we do have some new stuff that I'm going to tell y'all about um We've got an Instagram page. We've got a new logo. It's freaking amazing. My boy Harrison knocked it out of the park. Um, we've got some really cool stuff headed y'all's way. He's hashing out the camera situation right now. We're going to be doing some really cool, some really like Memphis Gorilla Pimpin' um, bootleg style YouTube videos. It's going to be some cool stuff, man. We're going to take, in my mind, it's going to be cool. I guess we'll see what y'all think about it. But we're going we're gonna to take all that classic, cooking video stuff. We're going to take all that stuff. And we're going to try to turn it on its side and we're going to, we're going to do it our way. We're going to do it the Memphis way and hopefully it's going to be cool. I really have a vision. I really think we'll be able to pull it off. So anyway, thank you for your time. Thank you for checking out this episode. I hope you guys are enjoying everything so far. Um, the Instagram page is lost in the sauce with DT. It's pretty easy to find. Um, the logo should update on all the apps and stuff like that. So there'll be some continuity there'll be some places for you to find and and see that familiar logo. So um, I hope you guys had a good week. I hope you guys are enjoying your night or enjoying your day or whatever it is you're doing. And like I always say, I'll see y'all when I see y'all. Thanks for joining me.